Lazar is a church leader from Uzbekistan, Central Asia, a part of the world where Christians experience a tremendous amount of opposition and oppression simply because of their faith in Jesus. One time, the secret police came and raided Lazar's church. They took all his Bibles, all his Christian books. The evening after the raid, Lazar turned to the words of Psalm 91, words that he'd learnt by heart, and he said this, God is my refuge and my strength. I can hide in him. I don't allow myself to be governed by fear. It's hard to not let fear and anxiety control us in uncertain times. And we are living in uncertain, scary times. But like Lazar, let Psalm 91 help you choose faith over fear. Let these words help you choose faith over fear. I've got three thoughts, three lessons I'd love to share with you from Psalm 91. And I also think they're, they're, they're lessons that are lived out by those most persecuted. And for sure, I think that to survive and, and to thrive in this season, using the persecuted church, those most persecuted as mentors to guide us through is going to be something that's going to be really helpful in, in terms of, of really growing in our walk with Jesus in this time. So here's the first thought to share with you, the first lesson from Psalm 91. Keep it real with God. Keep it real with God. Hand over your fears to him. If you want to choose faith over fear, keep it real with God. And the Psalms invite us to do that. Two thirds of the Psalms are laments, heart cries to God. And Psalm 91 really does invite us, gives us that invitation to hand our fears over to God. COVID-19 has gripped us all, hasn't it? We're worried about our health, the health of others. The threat is very real. We're worried about job loss. We're worried about being furloughed. We're worried about getting through to the next payday. We're worried about our mental health and, and, and the risk of depression. We're worried about the impact on our kids' education. We're worried about how much we're spending on food. Maybe that's just me, but honestly, we're worried about lots of things right now. And it's safe to assume all of us were all fearful of something. When faced with fear and worry and anxiety, it really helps to reflect. It helps to actually vocalise, to write it down even, to note them, to list your fears. For a moment, think about what keeps you awake at night? What keeps you awake at night? Write down your fears, list them, note them. Because this is essentially what the writer of Psalm 91 does. He lists the greatest fears of his day. He lists the greatest fears of the ancient world. He's up against it. You get that sense immediately, really. He's up against it. There's relentless pressure everywhere he turns. It's non-stop. It's like 24-7. And the imagery is of all-out attack, wars, enemy traps, even talk of lions and cobras, fierce prey surrounding him. And he talks of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, the plague that destroys at midday. These words sound all too familiar right now. But for a moment, imagine what it's like in countries where poverty and persecution have a stranglehold. Bangladesh is one of those places. Put yourself in the shoes of Christians there as coronavirus hits. Our partners in Bangladesh told us this. Some of the believers are starving. Some are forced to eat, eat less so that they can, they can maximise the number of days that they can continue to have food. Some are borrowing money with high interest rates to buy food. 
None of them have received any kind of support or relief aid from the government, living with poverty and persecution and now a pandemic. Would you take a moment to stand with Christians living in places like Bangladesh and India as you place your fears before God, as you hand them over, as you keep it real with God, pray they will too, pray they will too. Let's just take a moment to pause. Keep sharing your fears to God, hand them over, trust him. The second thought, the second lesson that I wanna share with you is this, is that God has this, God has got you. You're in the safest place possible. You're in the safest place possible. And Psalm 91 reminds us that there is one who is big enough to handle our fears. He's God, he's the most high. That's what, what he's called from the get-go. God is with us in the toughest of times. He's got you. He's Emmanuel after all. He's God with us, present in the darkness and the difficulty. I might not understand the why and the mystery of hardship and suffering this side of eternity, but I know God's closeness, his ever-present help in times of trouble, to quote another psalm, Psalm 46. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 for a moment. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. To find safety and hope, we're invited to dwell, meaning to take up permanent residence, to, to remain, to stop, to lodge, to abide in the shelter of the Most High. I love that image there, the, the proximity that we can have as we as we find our shelter in him. He is our hiding place in the storm. He is our shade, our comfort in the intensity of the battle and as the storm and the heat rages. His shadow carries the sense of diminishing the, the intensity of the heat. I love that picture. Verses one and two say, this is the safest place in the world to be found in the presence of God, to be with God. And we have this compelling image of a mother bird protecting her young in, in verse four. And, and as, as you read through, you'll see that there's this, this message of God is defending you, keeping you safe, watching over you. There's this image of refuge, shelter from attack. There is no time that he is not watching over you. You will not be consumed or overwhelmed. And verse nine says, the Lord is our refuge. He will rescue and protect us. Psalm 91 very clearly says, God is with us in the toughest of times, the darkest of times. In 1955, Wang Mingdao was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for his faith. He lived during the Cultural Revolution in China, back when China was the equivalent to what North Korea is today, the front runner in the failing race to destroy God's church. One day, Wang Mingdao was told that he, he could go free, but only if he stopped being a Christian and if he signed a, a confession to stop speaking about God. He caved in and he signed the confession and he walks away free from the, from the prison. Freedom was within grasp, but only a few steps away from the gate, he stopped. He realised he'd made a terrible mistake. And he walked back to the prison authorities and he told them to rip up that confession and told them to take him back in to the prison. He spent the next years in solitary confinement. 
When I was put in jail, I was devastated. I was an evangelist, Wang Mingdao said. But soon, incredibly, Wang realized in that prison, in his cell, he could actually preach down the, t- the pit toilet in the corner of the cell. There was sewage pipes that connected his toilet to all the other cells in the prison camp. They were all linked and sound actually carried through them. Amazingly, his prison cell became a pulpit and the sewage pipe became his megaphone to share the good news of Jesus in that place. And over the course of the next seven years, 96 other prisoners came to faith in Jesus. What an incredible story. Wang said, I had no Bible, no pulpit in the ordinary sense, no audience as far as he knew, no pen and paper. I could do nothing, nothing except get to know God. And for the, for the tw- 20 years I was in prison, that was the greatest relationship I had ever known. When I was in the cell, the only thing I was focused on was getting to know Jesus. It was only me and him in that cell. You need to build yourself a cell where it's only you and Jesus get to know Jesus. Maybe God is allowing us this time of of crisis and fear to really dwell with him, to really lodge and abide, to slow us down, to build ourselves so we really get to know Jesus. We really experience his comfort and security, his, his shelter and his shade. God has got you. You are in the safest place possible. The third thought, the third lesson I want to share with you from Psalm 91 is is that faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. We need to keep choosing faith over fear. This is like a daily practice. And and naturally, humanly speaking, it's it's virtually impossible at times to do it. And uh, it needs to be a daily thing. Do it daily. Make it a choice. Choice over feeling, if you like. A casual reading of Psalm 91 in light of pandemic, persecution, injustice and the scale of suffering we see in our world, close to home and further afield, it just doesn't sit right. It jars, doesn't it? It doesn't seem to add up. But friends, I want to remind you and I remind myself that we need to read Psalm 91 through, through the lens of the whole Bible, through the lens of the cross and the resurrection, through Jesus himself. Jesus is with us in the, in the present, in the here and now. But this life is not the end. Ultimate deliverance and rescue is coming when one day everything will be put right. And that is the kind of the great narrative, I think, of Psalm 91 is that deliverance and rescue is found through the gospel of Jesus. And one day will be ultimately fully fulfilled when everything is made right. Now, faith in Jesus isn't built on standalone scriptures. We know from the Bible that Christians aren't immune from, from suffering, from persecution, injustice, or, or any other type of ailment or trial or hardship. We probably know that all too well from our own lives and experience. But faith in the long-term rescue of God is what keeps so many in the persecuted church going. There will come a better day when all our fears, all that makes that list will be set right, all that keeps you awake at night, all that churns your, your stomach and, and makes you so anxious will be set right. And that's great news for people of faith, for Christians. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And, and Psalm 91 kind of poetically nods to this, doesn't it? Verses 14 to 16 are a beautiful fulfillment that ultimately God has got this 
it will end well for you as a follower of, of Jesus if, 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 you, if you are watching this as a Christian. Lift your gaze for the long haul. God has got this. So during lockdown, look up, don't look down. Even in the midst of suffering and persecution, persecuted Christians time, to, time and time again share that they experience a supernatural peace and comfort, a little bit what like Wang Mingdao experienced. And because of that, they, they, they determined that they will still choose faith over fear. Faith over fear. We're just going to watch a short video now of, of Pastor Marcos from northern Nigeria. Sananina, Yazama Taki, Nepshara. One day in a carbamutane, the rebuke. By and the Boko Haram Sukatafi, Yanzu Akwe. Mutani sunkai dari uku dari hudu suna nan wik a kowane lokaci amma da haka din abun karfafa wane saboda haka wannan ma ba za mu yi addu'a cewa ba ubangiji Allah ya dauke sanani ba a'a sai dai mu yi addu'a cewa ubangiji Allah ya ba mu karfafawa wanda za mu jimre domin kitabu mai sarki yace wanda ya jimre har matufa zai samu menene zai samu tsira she needs What an incredible testimony from Pastor Marcos. It is possible to choose faith over fear in the difficulty and the danger. And we need to be praying for this, for so many of our brothers and sisters around the world right now. The global spread of coronavirus is having a devastating effect on so many of them. Lockdown means that many Christians no longer have an income to buy food, to provide for their families. And on top of that, Christians often simply because they're Christians, aren't being given official government aid and support. They desperately need our help and our prayers right now. I'd love to tell you about Naomi from Indonesia. Her community are experiencing the full effect of COVID-19 right now. Naomi and her husband run a church and they're dependent on the, the church giving to, to live, really, to, to, to fund them. But right now, the coronavirus crisis makes it difficult for the church members to, to provide for themselves, to even put food on the table, let alone give to the church. A couple of years back, Naomi attended an Open Doors course, a tailoring course, and there she was also given a sewing machine. For a while, she was making clothes and women's accessories and bags to sell. But of course, no one is buying that kind of stuff right now. But in this season, Naomi is choosing faith over fear. She's turned to helping others and she said this, she told us, we have to do something to help the government to stop the virus spreading. The shops are running out of protective masks. So guess what? Naomi has used her tailoring skills to start making handmade masks. She began by giving the masks away to friends and family and, and church members, but a local shop owner requested that she made, made, made 
the masks in large quantities and could sell them through, through him. And so now she has enough to provide and eat for, for her family. And she said this, the income from selling the masks helps us a lot amidst the current economic situation. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to learn the skills at the Women's Training Centre because it's become a blessing to our community right now. Thank you, Open Doors. And thank you to those that give and pray for, for what we do on the front line of faith. It really does make a difference. I love what Naomi goes on to say next, speaking words of faith to us right here in our, in our country and context. She says, please don't lose hope despite the current situation, although you must stay at home. When you're given a talent and a skill, do make something out of it to be a blessing to your surroundings. This mask is my contribution to my family and community. Choose faith over fear and see how God might use you and your scattered church community right now to bless others, to not just do church, but be the church. And that comes through, I think, from Marcos's story and Naomi's story, that yeah, times are hard, there is danger and difficulty, but choose faith over fear. And you not only become strengthened and, and envisioned and emboldened yourself, you, you, you become a blessing to your community around you. There's that potential for that. Let's reread Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 together. Perhaps join me as I read these verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Like so many in the persecuted church, like Lazar, don't be governed by fear. Turn to these verses, memorise them, make it your wallpaper on your phone. Let it be a quick reminder and nudge to press into God. When you feel fear and anxiety rising in this season or any other time in your life, pray these verses through, meet with God, find the safe place, the shelter from the storm, the shade in the, in the heat of the day. As we face unprecedented times and days, would you remember those most persecuted and learn from their story of, of courageous faith? You know, many of the 260 million most persecuted Christians are facing a lack of food and resources right now, as well as the isolation and restriction and confinement that persecution brings. They need our support. We need each other. We simply need each other, the body of Christ together. It's never been more important to stand with the persecuted church than at this time of uncertainty and to be family to them. I'd love you to pray for the Open Doors teams on the front line, aiming to bring hope and resources. And we can only do this because people like you, churches like you, make it possible. I'd like you to do two things. Would you, one, subscribe online and stay connected and pray for, for persecuted Christians in this time and going forwards. And you can do that on the Open Doors website. And two, can you help financially during this season and, and give to provide emergency aid to keep hope alive, to keep hope alive, where both persecution and COVID-19 are hitting hardest? Can you give? Can you stand alongside, stand together with your family around the world? 
on the slide there should be a link to uh, a place on the Open Doors website where you can make a practical response and, and give and contribute to the urgent appeal. I'd love to end with a prayer and the prayer is going to be from Maria, a Christian from North Korea who has, has shared a prayer praying for us in the season that we're in, for the season of lockdown and isolation. Let's choose faith over fear. 하나님 아버지, 지금 전 세계가 코로나로 앓고 있는 이 사태에서 주님 우리들에게 말씀으로 인하여 두려움을 가실주게 하시고 우리들이 그 두려움 속에서 빨리 나을 수 있도록 하나님 큰 손길을 베풀어 주시옵소서 주님 지금 어 우리는 온라인을 통해 또 사회적 거리를 두기를 통해서 집에서 모두 이렇게 힘든 시간들을 보내고 있습니다. 주님 그 시간들이 하루하루 정말 기쁨으로 우리넘치는 시간으로 우리들에게 주시길 간절히 기도 부탁드립니다. 그리고 한 사람 한 사람 다 건강하게 또이 어려운 사태를 이겨내는 강근한 마음을 주시고 그들이 앞으로 나가서 사회생활도 더 잘할 수 있도록 그런 큰 힘과 용기를 주시옵소서 예수님의 이름으로 간절히 기도드립니다.